aboard the story train. Find a comfy seat. We're about to leave the station. And you know what that means. We're going someplace new. I'm Birdie, the keeper of the story train. I wear a green baseball cap with a little white birdie on the front and my favorite overalls. We're rolling along the tracks, around the final turn, and headed for the rainbow tunnel that will take us far, far away. I wonder where the story train will lead us this time. The story train travels far and wide, all around the world, and we never know where we'll arrive until we reach the other end of the rainbow tunnel. Did you know it's not dark inside the rainbow tunnel? It's full of soft light that swirls all around. But you know that already. You can see it through the window next to your seat on the story train. Oh look, here comes the end of the tunnel. Hey, I know this place. It's full of farms and farmhouses a place that's home to six different national parks and the least populated state in the United States. We're in Wyoming. And with all those parks, there are also a lot of birds. Today, I'm going to tell you a story that's close to my heart because my name is Birdie. So of course, I love all sorts of birds. I love sparrows and grackles flickos and starlings, and those are all birds who love bird feeders. Which is good for us, because today's story is called The Bird Feeder. Penny spent all morning in her garage with her dad, working on a special project. There were lots of sounds of hammers hammering and saws sawing, and finally, after a long time, all the noise stopped and Penny yelled two words. It's finished. Penny's dad said that she was right. It was finished. It's my very own bird feeder, said Penny. I'm going to put it in the little tree right outside my bedroom window, and birds will come from far, far away to visit. Penny's dad reminded her that usually, when you put a new bird feeder in a tree, it takes a while for birds to find it. Not this bird feeder, said Penny. It's the best bird feeder there ever was. Birds will be standing in line for access to my bird feeder. Penny's dad laughed and shook his head, and then they took the bird feeder out to the little tree next to Penny's bedroom window. They carefully hung the bird feeder in the tree, filled it with birdseed, and then Penny sat on a big rock next to the tree and waited for the birds to show up. She waited and waited and waited. It's been five whole minutes, she finally said. Where are the birds? But no one was around to hear Penny complain. She was sitting by herself under the shade of the small tree staring at the bird feeder. There she sat for at least another minute before she started to get impatient. 
There must be a way to get birds to my bird feeder, said Penny. She thought and thought, and then she decided she probably had to call the birds in. Of course, that's definitely the answer. Hey birds, hey birds, hey birds. Penny called and called. Then she started jumping up and down on the rock and waving her arms around, yelling, hey birds, over and over. After a while, she sat back down on the rock. Did the birds all go on vacation or what? asked Penny. But again, no one heard her because she was sitting outside under the small tree all by herself. I've got it, Penny finally said. I'll make a sign that says free bird food and I'll put it right next to the small tree. The birds will read my sign and line up for free food. That's gotta work. And so Penny made a very large sign using her favorite crayons. She wrote three words on the sign, free bird food, and then she set it down on the grass next to the tree. I bet birds can see my sign from a mile away, said Penny. Hey, there goes a bird right now. Just then, a bird flew right over the tree, past the top of the house, and off into the distance. Hey bird, I got free food over here, didn't you see? asked Penny. Penny sat back down on the rock and wondered why the sign hadn't worked. She was plumb out of ideas, and that's when her dad came out of the garage and stood next to her. How's the bird feeder working? asked Penny's dad. Penny said she didn't think the bird feeder was any good because no birds were finding it, even though she had yelled and even made this great sign. Follow me, said Penny's dad. I know where we can find the best bird feeder in the whole town. Maybe we'll learn something that will help you. The best bird feeder in the whole town, said Penny. She wondered if it was painted with many colors or if it had cheeseburgers inside. She had to see the best bird feeder in the whole town, so she could make hers just like it. They held hands and walked down the sidewalk as Penny talked and talked about birds and bird feeders. After a time, they turned left and walked some more. Then they came to the town park and walked a winding pathway that led under a dome of tall trees. I don't see any bird feeders, Penny said. Are they way up in the tall trees? Penny thought about how small her tree was at home and wished it was bigger. The bird feeder is right there, Penny's dad said. Penny looked all around, but she didn't see a bird feeder. All she saw was an older gentleman sitting on a bench, throwing seeds on the path. He was surrounded by birds. And then she understood. The best bird feeder in town isn't a bird feeder, she said. 
It's a person. Penny's dad laughed, and the two of them walked to the bench. Hello, Jimmy Joe, said Penny's dad. A fine day today. A fine day, said Jimmy Joe. Penny told Jimmy Joe all about her bird feeder, and how there were no birds, and the yelling she had done, and the sign she had made. Jimmy Joe just sat there, tossing seeds out to the birds and watching them peck at the path. Come on, Jimmy Joe said. Let's take a little walk back to your house and see what we can see. And so they did. All along the way, Jimmy Joe put his hand in a paper bag and sprinkled seeds on the ground. He sprinkled the seeds in the grass and on the sidewalk and all the way home to Penny's house. And do you know what those birds did? They followed the bird feeder. Here's my bird feeder, said Penny when they arrived. See, it's hanging from my little tree right next to my favorite rock, and there are no birds here. Are you sure about that? asked Jimmy Joe. Penny hadn't been paying attention, but many little birds were sitting in her little tree. Penny stepped away from her bird feeder and sat down on her rock. There's room for two, said Penny. Want to sit on my rock? It was a long walk, and old Jimmy Joe was tired. He was happy to sit on the rock. There they sat, waiting, waiting, waiting. They waited a whole thirty seconds, and then a bird flew into the bird feeder, and then another, and another. The birds are here, said Penny. They sure are, said the bird feeder. Penny thanked the best bird feeder in town, and the best bird feeder walked back to the park. But the birds? They stayed a while longer. And after that, the birds came every day, and Penny told anyone who would listen that her bird feeder was the second best one in town. If they wanted to see the best bird feeder, they'd find it at the park. The story train is rolling past Penny's house and into the rainbow tunnel. It's back to Pflugerville for us. But if you want to hear more stories, just search for Go Kid Go and you'll find all sorts of things to explore. Come back again. The story train is always headed somewhere new and there are always adventures to be had. Until next time, ta-ta! Welcome back, Story Train Passengers. It's time once again for a trip to faraway places. Find a comfy seat. We're about to leave the station. And you know what that means. We're going someplace new. Isn't it exciting to visit new places around the world? And we can go to those places in the blink of an eye when we travel through the magical rainbow tunnel. 
we're rolling down the tracks, around the last corner, and into the tunnel. The rainbow of colors are right outside your window, and we're about to arrive someplace far, far away. Where could it be? Look at all the rolling hills. We've arrived someplace big, that's for sure. And this is a very exciting place with lots of history. It's called the Yukon, a territory in Canada where something famous happened a long time ago. Come on, let's see what's happening here today. This story is called Klondike Gold. On this particular day in the Yukon, two brothers are getting very excited about a certain kind of exploration that might not end the way they think. We're going to be rich, Kyle said to his brother Corey. I agree, we're going to be rich, said Corey. You see, Kyle and Corey had been doing some reading about the Yukon and a special place called the Klondike River. It was here at the Klondike that someone had discovered gold all the way back in 1896. That's a long time ago. People got very excited about finding gold, and that's why prospectors came to the Yukon, searching for riches beyond their wildest dreams. We're going to find tons of gold, said Kyle, and I know just where to start looking. Corey and Kyle went to the barn and found two shovels. Then they went right to the front yard of their house and started digging. We're sure to find gold here, said Corey. Then we can buy all the comic books we want. And all the candy we want, said Kyle. We'll be able to buy the whole candy store. Kyle and Corey were so excited, they dug all afternoon. First, they dug a hole on one side of the yard, and then they dug a hole on the other side of the yard. Then they dug a hole in the middle of the yard. Keep digging, said Corey. That gold has got to be here somewhere. After a while, Kyle and Corey's dad came home from work. He parked his truck in the driveway and stared at his yard. There were holes everywhere. Why are you boys digging giant holes in our front yard? asked Dad. We're searching for gold, said Kyle, and we're going to find it. Dad just shook his head as he looked at the yard, which was filled with holes. What makes you think there's gold in our front yard? asked Dad. The boys explained all about the history of gold in the Yukon and how they were sure that some of that gold had been left behind. It was definitely in their front yard. Then their dad asked why they wanted the gold to begin with, and the boys told him all about the comic books and candy they were going to buy. That was when dad asked them to take a break so he could tell them the true story of the Klondike Gold Rush. Over a hundred years ago, 
Someone found a little bit of gold in the Klondike River, said Dad. Word spread all over the place, and before long, there were over a hundred thousand prospectors headed to the Yukon searching for treasure. They came from all over, and they called themselves Klondikers. Every last one of them thought they would find gold, gold, and more gold. I bet they all got super rich and ate candy, said Cory. Dad explained that things didn't quite go like that. Sure, a few of the Klondikers found some gold, but almost all of them came up empty-handed. They went searching for riches, but ended up heading home without anything to show for their hard work. Nearly all the Klondikers found no gold at all, and eventually they went back home. That can't be right, said Kyle. I thought they all got rich. Dad explained that it rarely works out the way you think it will when you're looking to get rich quick. And it sure won't work to dig up the front yard. And then he told Kyle and Corey something else that they never forgot. If you chase riches just so you can be rich, it almost never works, said Dad. And even if it did, you wouldn't be happy for long. Better to chase the things you love to do, because then you'll love your work every day. Like me, I love working in the wilderness, so that's my job. And every day is fun. It's hard work, but I love it, so it doesn't even feel like work. And that right there is the real treasure you're looking for. Kyle and Corey thought about what their dad had said. It made a lot of sense. I love to draw, said Kyle. Maybe I'll spend more time doing that, and I'll get really good at it. And someday, I'll make my own comic books. And I love to invent things, Corey said. Maybe I'll spend more time building cool stuff in the barn and get really good at it. And someday, I'll invent something amazing. Dad told them both they were on the right track. And then Kyle and Corey headed for the house. That's when Dad asked where they were going. Kyle said he was going to draw some characters for his new comic book, which was going to be all about the gold rush. Corey said he was going to invent a new machine that could dig holes. But Dad said they weren't doing those things. Not yet, anyway. First, you're going to have to fix the yard, said Dad. And that's how Kyle and Corey ended up filling holes in their front yard until dinner time. And they learned an important lesson, too. What do you love doing? Whatever it is, I bet you're good at it. I love working on trains, being a conductor on a train, and making birdhouses. So that's what I spend my time doing. The story train is rolling through the Yukon while Kyle and Corey fill holes in their front yard. We're headed into the Rainbow Tunnel. It's back to Pflugerville for us. But if you want to hear more stories, just search for Go Kid Go and you'll find all sorts of things to explore. 
come back again. The story train is always rolling to someplace new in the world, and you can come along on all our adventures. See you next time. Hello, Story Train passengers. It's time once again for a trip to faraway places. Find a comfy seat. We're about to leave the station, and you know what that means. We're going someplace new. I'm Birdie, the keeper of the Story Train. I wear a green baseball cap with a little white birdie on the front, and my favorite overalls. We're already moving down the tracks, so I hope you're settled in. The story train travels all around the world, and we never know where we'll arrive until we come out on the other side of the famous Rainbow Tunnel. The end of the tunnel is just up ahead. One thing I can say right off the top. It's sunny and warm outside where we've arrived. We're rolling along the tracks on the edge of a big city called Panama. But we're down by the water, where there are many trees and lots of grass. Do you know where Panama is? It's sandwiched between two other countries. One is small. It's called Costa Rica. The other is very large. It's called Colombia. And in between sits our destination, Panama. It's long and skinny, and it does something very special. Panama has the Pacific Ocean on one side and the Atlantic Ocean on the other. So it's sort of smashed between two giant oceans. And today's story is called Molly the Marlin. Our story begins in the Atlantic Ocean, where Molly the Marlin is having a very good time, swimming as fast as she can. Molly loves to swim fast. It's her favorite thing to do. But little does Molly know, she's so fast, she's managed to find her way from one ocean to another. You see, Molly the Marlin lives in the Atlantic Ocean, but after swimming as fast as she could for a very long time, Molly found herself in the Pacific Ocean. How did I do that? Molly wondered. I didn't think it was possible to swim from one ocean to another. Wow, I can swim really fast. But then Molly the Marlin had another thought, and it wasn't as fun. What if I can't find my way back home? Molly was feeling troubled as she kept on swimming, wondering what to do. As luck would have it, Molly swam right into a school of rainbow fish. Hey, that's pretty neat. We like rainbows. Anyway, there were a lot of rainbow fish, and they were just sort of 
hanging around talking, like fish do when Molly showed up. Molly was much bigger than the rainbow fish were, but Molly always had a big smile on her face, so they liked her right away. Hi, I'm Molly. Also, I'm lost. The rainbow fish took turns asking Molly about a million questions, and eventually they understood that Molly the marlin was from the Atlantic Ocean, but somehow she'd arrived in the Pacific Ocean. And because the teacher for the school of rainbow fish was taking a nap in the underwater hammock, the rainbow fish started wondering how Molly could have ended up where she was. Let's see, how could a fish get from one ocean to another? Asked one of the rainbow fish. Oh, I know, said another. She flew here in a helicopter. I have always wanted to fly in a helicopter. Was it fun? Molly explained that no, she hadn't come to the Pacific Ocean by helicopter, but it did sound fun. I've got it. You got here on a bus said one of the other rainbow fish. I've always wanted to take a ride in a bus. Was it thrilling? Molly didn't think she had boarded a bus in Panama and driven over the Pacific Ocean. At least, she didn't remember doing that. You flew over here, said another rainbow fish. All the rainbow fish ooed and aahed, because flying fish are very rare. Molly explained that she didn't have wings, and she was pretty sure she hadn't flown from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean. One of the rainbow fish wondered if Molly the marlin had taken a taxi, and another rainbow fish thought maybe Molly had come over in a hot air balloon. But Molly didn't remember doing either of those things. How about a covered wagon? asked another rainbow fish. Did you come over in a covered wagon? I don't think I did, answered Molly the marlin. It was just about this time, when they'd run out of ideas, that the schoolteacher woke up from her nap in the underwater hammock. The rainbow fish told the teacher all about the ways Molly the marlin hadn't arrived in the Pacific Ocean. Molly hadn't arrived by a helicopter, a bus, a taxi, a hot air balloon, or a covered wagon. Fish can't do any of those things, said the teacher. But they sure can swim. We're good at swimming. But how did I get here? asked Molly the marlin. And how do I get back home? The school teacher quieted all the rainbow fish and then she told them the secret of how Molly the Marlin had come to be in the Pacific Ocean. A long time ago, some people got together and dug a canal from one side of Panama to the other. The canal is over 50 miles long, and if a fish were to swim very fast, they might just find themselves swimming all the way from one ocean to another. All the rainbow fish thought this was kind of amazing and wondered if they too could swim to a different ocean someday. 
the school teacher said she would think about a field trip to the Atlantic Ocean when they were a little older, and Molly the Marlin promised to be their tour guide. After that, the school teacher guided all the rainbow fish and Molly back to the canal so Molly could find her way home. What a lovely time I had in the Pacific Ocean, said Molly. I made a whole school of new friends. And I figured out how I got here. And now it's time for me to swim fast. And with that, Molly the Marlin swam away as fast as she could, back to the ocean where she belonged. And all the rainbow fish cheered her on and dreamed about how they would visit Molly someday, very soon, on a very exciting fishy field trip. The story train is rolling through Panama while Molly the Marlin swims for home. We're headed into the Rainbow Tunnel. It's back to Pflugerville for us. But if you want to hear more stories, just search for Go Kid Go and you'll find all sorts of things to explore. Come back again. The story train is always headed somewhere new and there are always adventures to be had. See you next time.